It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kabist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestone. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kvist, licensed nutritionist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company bringing you life-changing nutrition education and counseling. You know, this week we have many life-changing stories at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I want to share a few of these success stories. You know, our first success story. I want to introduce you to Judy, who is a retired nurse who had experienced daily episodes of diarrhea for the past 30 years. And guess what? She stopped having diarrhea a few days after she changed her diet. You know, her misery stopped within five days of changing her eating. The side effects? More energy, lost seven pounds, less knee pain, sleeps better. She thought it was a miracle, but it was just good nutrition. I have a second success story. Pam no longer needs an extension piece on her bra. She lost 14 pounds of inflammation and fat in the past few weeks, and she loves her Nutrition for Weight Loss class. I bet you met her, didn't you? I think I did. And boy, do I relate to that no extension piece on the bra. That's huge. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a third success story. We have many, many, but here's the third one. Ken, who is a diabetic, reduced his blood sugar numbers and now uses less than half the insulin than he needed before. You know, and it's just through good nutrition. You know, I could go on and on sharing hundreds of success stories. The miracle comes from eating real foods and avoiding processed foods. And joining me today as our co-host is Nell Calls, who lost 90 pounds and is keeping it off by eating real foods, avoiding processed foods. And Nell, welcome to the show. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And I love the sound of co-host. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> so, Dar, I'd just like to share with the listeners and with you a bit about my story. Uh, as a child of the 70s, you know, you know this very well. I was raised on a lot of processed foods because that's when corn started to become a staple in the American diet. And corn was in everything. And I, you know, woke up, ate bowls and bowls and bowls of cereal. I'd come home at lunchtime and eat uh, a full can of, uh, what was it, Chef Boyardee uh, ravioli was my favorite. And oh my grandmother my would make me a whole can and I would just eat it ravenously and still be hungry. Uh, so it was a very, very tough childhood to start gaining weight starting in third grade. And that started me on a, a 25-year-long uh, nutrition slash weight loss up and down, up and down, up and down, using Weight Watchers as my diet of choice. So how many times did you do Weight Watchers? Uh, I counted 14 times in 25 years. <laughs> so maybe that wasn't working. <laughs> and it was in March of 2008 when you had Gary Taubes on the show for the first time. You had him on just last yeah, week. That's right. And you had Gary Taubes on and you were interviewing him and he was just he was just giving information that I'd never heard before 
um, except on your show. But for some reason, something that he said really, it made me pull over and just take a moment. You needed the authority. I did. I did. <laughs> That's why we had him on last a- week. Again. Absolutely. And he said the diets, so for obese people, the diets that you have been have been on are haven't worked and they're never going to work. And that's and that spoke right to me because I hear I had been on Weight Watchers 14 times, diligently counting my points, and every time I had that 25 years of that feeling that I had failed myself or I had failed somehow to lose weight because of lack of will or lack of determination. And biochemically, you were hungry, weren't you? All the time. When, yes. you, when I think back to those 25 years before I found uh, weight and wellness, uh, I, I feel like that was... You know, almost 25 years of being in a starve and gluttony mode, you know, where you're just you're just stuffing yourself because you're constantly feeling starved. It's Mm -hmm. not a very good quality of life, as you'll agree. So what I did for 25 years was patch together nutrition information from Weight Watchers, from sound bites, from magazine articles, from (laughs) Oprah. Oh, we see this all the time. So I'd hear a sound bite of, oh, the X food is good for you. Don't eat this. Don't eat after, you know, seven o'clock at night. Don't, um, you know, a lot of don'ts, a lot of eat on small plates. That'll help. Or now, you know, last week we had a lady that called in that, you know, eggs are okay. Oh, my goodness. So now she's eating six eggs a day. Six eggs a day. So it's that. So or coconut oil. Everyone's talking about coconut oil. You see it everywhere. It's at Target. You know, yes. it's 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 made full penetration into the marketplace. So use a half. a So use a half a cup of it, <laughs> you know, at, at every meal and snack or not. Yes. Don't even do that. You know, just 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 start eating it out of the jar. Right. Um, so it's kind of that you hear something's good and it's a sound bite and it sounds really good. And it sounds like it's the answer to all your problems. But what that kind of nu- soundbite nutrition, as I like to call it, when you start cobbling that together yourself, that's what I did for 25 years. And let me tell you, people, it does not work. So I, it, I needed to go get some expert ad- advice about nutrition and how to put the whole picture together so I could jumpstart my metabolism and account for my own biochemistry, my individual biochemistry. So I could lose weight. That was great. And that was how I I lost 90 pounds. And you're keeping it off. And I'm keeping it off, which is the most amazing part of this. Anyone who's lost weight knows you can lose weight fairly easily, but the keeping it off is is really what counts. Well, I also think that some of us, losing weight has gotten to be very hard for a lot of people. Yes. The more insulin resistant you become... And the older you become, the harder it is. Yes. And that's reality, too. Yes. So losing weight is not easy. Yes, it is not easy. And keeping easy. it off is not easy. No. But it is possible. It is possible. And it is, it's, it, I have to give a shout out to my friends from Maple Grove, because or Andover, excuse me. I was just speaking at a class on this past Thursday. And when I see all these people in these classes, and especially there was a mother with her daughter, and I almost cried because it, it, I, I just thought the years of, of struggle that she is saving her daughter, teaching her the right way to eat rather than you know putting her on some kind of fad diet was really heartwarming. And I just, I always tell them, I said, you are in the right place. You have started on this journey and you're going to have success. You know, and I think the other thing is that uh, you mentioned a couple of other diet programs out there, and I think people don't realize that they are often owned by food companies. Absolutely. And their bottom line is to sell us food, 
and you know it's processed food it's processed food and the other thing is Mm -hmm. i think they kind of like with me with weight watchers they almost get you kind of addicted to their process so you know it's like it's it's like you You believe that that's going to be the magic right right so and you do like you you initially you'll lose 12 pounds very easily when you first start weight watchers Mm -hmm. and i talked and everyone was nodding in the class they said yeah every other diet i've tried you get that kind of rush because you instantly lose like a big chunk of weight Mm -hmm. and and the difference is with with you know eating the weight and wellness way that doesn't happen right away no it doesn't it takes time but the la- the results will last and last and last and you will feel better in all aspects of your life not just the scale moving and if we always say you know if you can possibly lose 1 pound a week you know in a year you've lost 50 pounds and in that's 2 years you've lost 100 but exactly then your body is adjusted and happy with that amount of weight and it adjusts in amazing ways so you don't have as much loose skin people who have bariatric surgery they get that then they lose that weight really rapidly and they're left with a ton of loose unattractive loose skin that's really devastating when you've lost all this weight and you think it's going to be great and and there you are with a bunch of loose skin you know your if you if you nourish your body from the inside out and you stop the starvation cycle your skin just works with you it's wonderful So let's get into our topic today. All right. You know, I wanted to dig into looking at obesity as a family disease. So what made me think of this topic? Well, I was looking at some old photos of my grandparents. You know, my grandmother on my mother's side was a very large woman. And I'm sure she weighed somewhere between 220 and 260. Well, that's a familiar weight for me. Uh (laughs) My grandfather died at an age 54 from a stroke. And from his pictures, he was also a rather large, overweight man. Now, you know, this was before processed food, so I often wondered, why were they so overweight? Now, on my dad's side of the family, my grandmother was a rather short, slim lady, and Grandpa was a tall, slim man. My mother, now this, she's a pretty smart lady. Yeah. To maintain a normal weight, she avoided potatoes, nice pie, bread. But she did give in to popcorn once in a while, only once in a while, though. My dad, on the other hand, he had sugar in his coffee, every cup, always finished a meal with pie and ice cream, remained thin all of his life. So I thought we should look at the genetics of obesity a little bit and how the predisposition of insulin resistance fits into our weight struggles today. Sounds good? Sounds excellent. And I just realized we have to take our first break. Oh, my god! So we'll leave you with that cliffhanger, uh, and we'll get into that when we come back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Michelle Obama has been leading the charge to reduce childhood obesity, but she seems to have experienced a major setback from the big food companies. The government plans for big food companies to help fight obesity have suffered a major setback because most companies are ignoring the government's plea to cut the amount of fat, salt, and sugar in their products. It seems companies such as Kraft Foods, Nestle, Coca-Cola, and Kellogg declined to sign a pledge to cut calories. I came to realize that the government was not going to help me with my weight problem. I could not wait for insurance coverage. I needed to take care of my health today. I needed nutrition, education, and counseling. I chose nutritional weight and wellness, wellness and lost 90 pounds. Now I'm inspiring others to do the same. If you have a question for us today, you can call us at 
641-1071. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. This past month, additional research appeared in the journal Neurology about the benefits of omega-3 DHA, that's an essential fatty acid, and the prevention of Alzheimer's disease. This research was conducted at the Easton Center for Alzheimer's Disease Research. Uh, the study found that subjects who had the lowest brain level of omega-3 DHA now, so they didn't have much omega-3 in their brain, had lower brain volume, and volume makes a difference with yeah. how we think. So those people had impaired visual memory. They also had impaired abstract thinking and lacked the ability to organize and multitask. So it's important to take omega-3 DHA daily to remain and keep your good memory isn't it interesting? It, it's fantastic. I, I take I took mine this morning. Okay, I did too. Yeah, and Definitely. that's why we're we're so sharp already this morning, <laughs> right? So before we went to break, we were talking about the genetic genetics of obesity. Author of Why We Get Fat, Gary Taubes, explains that researchers since the 1930s have known that obesity obesity has a large genetic component. If your parents are fat, it's far more likely that you will be fat. Fat. And some, than someone who has lean parents. So, you know, my mother must have been a very wise woman because she realized at a very early age, if she ate the same foods that most people ate, like bread, potatoes, pie, cake, she'd gain weight quickly. Now, she really didn't talk about this. We, she didn't. She just didn't eat those foods. And I wonder where she learned that from, you know, if it's just observation, it's just the way she was raised, it's just something people she, knew. She just had that understanding, uh, I and, think, you know, for some reason, she just had that intuitive understanding that that was not going to work for her. Which is wonderful when you think about, you know, the the struggles she probably averted. And your mother really understood that genetically she had the predisposition to get fat but she wanted to remain lean. Very important for her. Yes, it was very important for her. Yes. Yeah, as is it, it's important for a lot of us. So she restricted her carbohydrates to keep her blood sugar normal and her insulin low so she didn't gain weight. You know, I'm sure she really didn't understand that insulin resistance and diabetic connection to weight gain. But then, you know, she lost her father at a very young age. You know, there was like a burst blood, blood vessel in his brain. And she was only nine years old, and so somehow 
he had gained some kind of an understanding of this metabolic syndrome that certainly her father had. And maybe it wasn't called metabolic syndrome back in the 1930s, but it was what it was, basically. Certainly at play in her father's, her father's condition. But as you know, you just mentioned, Gary Tobbs talked about research being done in the 30s. And so people were really talking about it. Yeah. We just weren't around. We didn't know that. Right. <laughs> and then everything got muddied up when everyone started talking about the dangers of fat. Yes. And then that's when I started to come of age. And that was the exact wrong time for me <laughs> to come of age because... I am. I have the physiology. I have the biochemistry that makes me extremely carb sensitive, and you're carb sensitive oh, too. Yes, I remember carb. in that radio show with with Gary Taubes, um, the first one that I heard where I pulled over to the side of the road. You said, "Yeah, we really. I don't do many grains. Maybe a little wild rice." And it was just like, "Oh my God, what am what you know? What is she telling me? Like <laughs> I have to give up all of my favorite foods?" And it really it. It's it's just a shift between thinking of giving up your favorite foods, but all of it, all of the things that open up to you. But I think one of the things that happened, Nell, is, and I know this has happened for me, is those highly addictive uh, bread products that we thought were our favorite foods no longer are our favorite foods. No, we have many other favorite foods now. Yeah. You know, and and they're not those high carbohydrate foods. They're maybe avocados or maybe they're olives or maybe they're, you know, a meatball or something like that. Absolutely. You know, maybe they're bacon and eggs. Which is like, what I ate before I came here. Bacon and eggs is one of my favorite foods yes. or, or meals, I should say. Uh, it's it's. It's really interesting that you say that because I find that I was even talking about this to the to the lovely ladies at in Andover when I have those foods now and I'm a substantial woman and I'm not really I don't get sick very much but when I have those foods my heart races because my body is so not used to yes. used to those things Definitely. anymore and so it has an immediate physical reaction whereas before I didn't have that immediate physical reaction because I was just that's all I was putting in my body and so my body responded with this kind of low level of inflammation all the time and now that I've cleaned that out and I have maybe a piece of that you know, box it, cake. Oh yes. Woo! I, I, I it, it's, it's the, it's the best reaction I could have because then I think twice the next time I want to bite of that box cake. <laughs> so your heart actually kind of races that. It races, Dar. Mm -hmm. And I think this happens to a lot of people. Yep, it races. Because I can relate to that. Yes, yes. And the, so that, that tells me that my body is extremely sensitive yes. to high sugar foods. And by high sugar, I don't mean cake. I mean a bun. Yes, a piece of bread. <laughs> a piece of bread, a piece of toast, unless it's like heaped on with fat, my heart races. Yes. So that's a very interesting physiological response. So being that carb sensitive, I understand from nutritional weight and wellness that I didn't need to cut calories. Oh, so that's kind of an interesting thing. I don't, people around me, when I eat, like for example, when I'm eating at lunch, when I'm eating an avocado, They'll ask me, well, avocados, don't they have a lot of calories? And I just said, you know what? I haven't counted a calorie or a point in four years. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels Three. great. <laughs> I just got, I just don't even know what to respond. It's like someone came down from space to ask me, because I can't imagine going back to counting calories again. Oh, we still hear. Oh. I mean, we still hear the calories in and calories out. Yep. It's, it's, thermodynamics you know. yep. <laughs> applied to biochemistry. That doesn't work very well, does it, Dar? No, it does. 
closet. <laughs> so I lost my the fat on my body by cutting out the foods that made me fat, processed carbs. Just like your mother understood bread, potatoes, and pie would make her fat, I had to get clear in my head that the pizza I loved, the potato chips I loved, and the ice cream made me fat. And the actual fat, butter, olive oil, uh, you know, just these heavy whipping cream mm -hmm. were going to help me lose fat, ironically. But, you know, the confusing thing for people, and I think this is confusing, only some people get fat from eating carbohydrates. This is a good point. Just as only some people get lung cancer from smoking. Yes. You know, we always hear about this 90-year-old man that's been smoking all her, his life, never had lung cancer, going strong. Yes. But this is like my dad could eat pie and ice cream, potatoes and sugar in every cup of coffee and never get fat. And never get fat. But what else is going on, though? Like I always, I always think, yeah, you're not fat, so you're not externally showing what's yes. going on. But what is your, what's going on inside? Exactly. And that what did happen to my father. Yes. You know, it's the cancer that came along. So it's, true. Yes. And we automatically think that thin people are healthy yes. in this culture. Exactly. And that is not necessarily the case. Exactly. Very good point. Yeah. Mel. Yeah. You know, let's face it. I got my mother's fat genes, and I need, I need to avoid all processed carbs, and I have to be very careful, even with starchy kind of vegetables like peas and corn and potatoes and, you know, winter squash. You know, a half a cup is a serving, and that's it. Yep. I yep. can't be eating a big piece of squash with, you know, it's just it's too many carbohydrates for too me. Too many carbs. My body's that sensitive. I think people would be surprised to find that, for me, fruit. So everyone puts fruit and vegetables together. I yes. think it's an important move to separate those two because fruits are very, very high in sugar. And for people like me who are very carb sensitive, I focus on having berries, kind of some of those lower sugar content fruits, rather than some of the bigger fruits like big apples or uh, grapefruit or lots of citrus. Because I know for my body, and I had to work with a nutritionist to discover this, because who would think, you know, everyone thinks, well, eat as many fruits and veggies as you want. Well, fruits and sometimes nuts can even cause me problems because I am that carbohydrate sensitive. Which is interesting because Gary Tobbs last Saturday also said, you know, an apple is about the same as a potato in carbohydrates. Yes. And people never think about that. Never think about that. That should have been a light bulb moment for a lot of people. So people who are struggling and people who who are saying, oh, I just can't lose the weight, I just can't lose the weight, or they're in the weight loss, the nutrition for weight loss classes, and it's happening a little more slowly, that's when I always go to my nutritionist. I still go to my nutritionist to this day exactly. and adjust Mm -hmm. Because if something's not working, you got to adjust and based on your own biochemistry. So once I eat any of the processed carbs, the, the cravings kick in. Yes. And that, it, that I think when my cravings went away was the, the single most freeing time in my life. You know, I hadn't lost all the weight. Boy, I could, I could go through my day without thinking and obsessing about food, which is like, I always say being let out of jail after, you know, 35 years of struggling with that feeling of always being hungry and always wanting something to eat. Very, very free. Oh, it's, it? It, it, it was. It, I'm not kidding. It was like being let out of a prison of my own making. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a prison that it, that happened because you did not know the how sensitive your biochemistry was. I had was. no clue. 
Yes. So we need to take another break. Okay. You, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and well- Wellness, to which to whom I have a lot to thank for, will be teaching two special classes. If you have questions on menopause, sign up for the Hot Flash class in St. Paul, Tuesday night, March 27th. Or if you want to avoid diabetes, we have just the class for you, Friday afternoon, April 6th, Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic at North Oaks. Call 651-699-3438 or sign up online at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Nell Calls, who has lost 90 pounds eating real food. You know, no starvation, right? Quite the opposite. No surgery? No surgery. All right. No prepackaged foods? Absolutely not. Okay. So just real foods. And delicious food. Okay. So if you want or need some additional information, I invite you to sign up for our Weight and Wellness newsletter. You know, it's simple and it's free. You know, go to weightandwellness.com, enter your email address, and you'll start receiving our monthly newsletter. Or you can get your questions answered on our Facebook page. Become a Facebook friend and see what our staff eats for lunch. Or you can even send in a question for us. Yes, I have been loving those posts mm-hmm. with, um, I think it was Amy who had the cod and the just delicious, delicious food ideas. And I love the newsletter. Absolutely. I- so to make it even harder for us carb addicted people, uh, carbohydrates make us fat and keep us fat. Plus, I find these foods are the very foods I crave. Pasta, bagels, french fries, sweets, pizza. Mm. I bet that's a cravings for a lot of people. Absolutely. That, and that, that really does characterize a lot of what I would eat. Once I eat any of these processed carbs, the more I want, it sets up that craving cycle. And it's not that you're weak-willed. It no. is because... It is throwing your biochemistry off. Yes, and it and it you can't control how you how that nope. is making you feel and react. Right, you really can't. So, Dar, we have a caller. All right, let's take some callers. That would be great. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning, Lynn. Lynn, good morning. Oh, sorry. Okay, you have a question for us, Lynn. Yeah, um, I have two questions. I don't know if you have time for two, but one of them had to do with while while I'm sitting here while I'm sitting here with a diet coke I'm wondering what is it about diet sodas or diet waters that was flavoring it makes it so hard to just kick it aside from just saying just stop okay is there something within it that kind of just keeps you addicted to it aside from the caffeine or is it just willpower okay i a few years ago went to a presentation and it was actually it was at St. Thomas and um, the person was a food chemist, and he was talking about uh, most of these foods like Diet Pop or like the boxed meals or cereal or things like that that we know are very addicting. They actually put a couple of hundred different appetite stimulants in these products. Wow. So they actually become more addictive to us. So it's that plus... You know, anything that tastes like sugar, I mean, we are sort of set as humans to like sugar yes. for some reason. And so it tastes like sugar, but it's often 200 to 2,000 times sweeter than sugar. So, of course, we want it. So it's like, it's it's 
Diet pop is very addictive. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, there's no question. So you just have to stop. It's got to be cold turkey. You can't just cut back. No one can. I mean, I don't think anyone can really cut back on some of these diet drinks. They just have to go cold cold turkey with them. That's okay. <laughs> Isn't that the same with waters that have the flavoring? There's that. There's that. Um, just you know, you can buy those. What are the 32 ounce bottles of water that have like cherry flavoring? Sure, and most of them. It depends on some of them are just flavored. But a lot of them have some type of artificial sweetener in them, yeah. and then they're very addicting. Okay, and then my other question, and this is kind of maybe a little more serious. In the media and everywhere, you're hearing that pancreatic cancer is on the rise. Yes. How much of, or maybe all of it, is related to nutrition as far as the causes of that? Well, I think the number one cause is smoking. I mean, that's been pretty well researched, that that is one of the number one causes, but you know, if we keep putting stress on our pancreas from sugar or diet sodas, uh, you know, it's going to break down. So, yes, it's it's inflammatory. Sugar is inflammatory. And then we end up with inflammation in our weaker parts of our organs, and then we get cancer. So. Okay. All right, well, thank you. You had great questions Yeah, this really morning. good questions. Thanks for Have calling in. All right, thank you very much. So maybe what we, you know, we were talking, you know, we kind of recognize that obesity seems to have a genetic component, but there is a but to this. Yes. You can't blame obesity on genetics alone because we know from research that only 10% of our health problems, including obesity, are caused by genetics. 90%, I mean, I still, we say this all the time, but 90% is what we're eating, drinking, and other lifestyle factors. So if 67% of the population is overweight, there must be other factors working. Right. So now let's dig into some of these and explore some of these other factors. It's it's great. I almost think I almost think about it like the stuff that you're eating turns those genes on that cause you to be fat or turns them off if you're eating, you know, the the right way, protein, carbon, fat and balance. Mm-hmm. So yes. I come from a family that has that genetic predisposition to insulin resistance and diabetes. So I have come to understand if I eat too many carbohydrate-rich foods, I will gain weight, period, end of story, and run the risk of developing diabetes. The old term for diabetes when I was growing up was sugar diabetes. Uh-huh. Remember that, sugar oh, diabetes. I, I remember my grandmother talking about her, she had sugar diabetes. Yes, Okay, and and that actually is a I think a better term because it gives people you know something that they can think about like what is causing your diabetes? It's the sugar. Yes, people realize that diabetes, especially type two diabetes, had a sugar connection. So let's look at that sugar connection. Maybe your teenage son or daughter drinks four bottles of Mountain Dew a day. Lots of them do. They do. They do. Or those monster drinks from uh, the monster size sizes now. Yes. I know a lot of kids who drink over six 20-ounce bottles of Mountain Dew a day. Four Mountain Dews containing 68 packets of sugar. 68 packets? It's unbelievable when you think about that much sugar going into somebody's body. For any of us with insulin resistance predisposition, 68 teaspoons of sugar puts stress on our cells and, um, and those organs you were talking about, the liver, the pancreas, everything. 
One time that a teenager drinks four bottles of soda is not really a problem. No, if you only do it once. Once in a blue moon, fine. But every day for two years, that's a big problem. So how does pop drinking and weight gain become a family affair? Often, you see the people running around the cart buying the stuff and heaping the pop on the bottom of the cart are mom and dad, who are pop drinkers themselves. And it is an early sugar habit that is very hard to break. The human body, and particularly the liver, has not evolved to handle that much fructose. And that's true. It's, it's not evolved to handle that much fructose. You know, fructose, though, comes in many different ways. Uh, it comes in the fruit juice that parents believe are good for children. And we know TV Nutrition tells us that juice is high in vitamin C, so it must be good, when in reality our <laughs> livers respond to the flood of fructose or sugar by turning much of it into fat. So juice sends fat into tissues, fat tissues, and really juice equals weight gain. Juice equals weight gain. It sets kids up to gain weight when they're uh, maybe 14. Yeah. Or 16. Yeah, it may not happen right away, but believe me, it will it will start those early sugar habits and that addictive cycle in those those kids. I remember actually my mother um, saying, you want a juice bar? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, th- times have changed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so as a mother of an eight-year-old son, I feel so sad for kids that either eat the school breakfast or those that fill up on cereal, toast, and juice at home. Each of these foods is so high in carbohydrates, it turns into sugar and glucose in the body, and for many people, sugar turns into body fat. So have you ever been at a school where they're feeding breakfast? Yes, I have. What do they feed kids? It it was unbelievable. So it was it was it was the year after I started eating the weight and wellness way, and my son took a summer program. And I said, "Oh, they have breakfast. That's one less thing I have to do today." Well, I took him to school, and it was frosted flakes, bananas, uh, yoplait yogurt, the full sugar variety, mm-hmm. and um, bagels. Can oh. you imagine what those teachers were dealing with about 10 minutes after that? those kids had that breakfast? I can't imagine just the bouncing off the walls and the crazy behavior that that sugar would have induced. Yes, and it's just setting those kids up. For- it's setting them up for not being able to focus and not being able to have good brain function, but it's also setting them up for obesity, which is such a problem with kids these days. Yes, exactly. So it's a break time again it's already. It's break time again. This is going so fast, Dar. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. People often ask me, how do you manage to eat real food with your busy schedule? Yes, how do you do that? Yes, yes. So I work full time. I'm doing lots of speaking in the evenings. Um, I fit in time for exercise. Busy, busy, busy. And I have that child I mentioned and a a husband to, to cook for. So let me share with you a few tricks for my healthy meals and snacks. Just this week, I tried tuna salad with some delicious, um, we use the Hain mayonnaise because you have to be careful with mayonnaise. Sometimes it doesn't have so good stuff in it. Um, so tuna salad mixed up with some Hain uh, mayo and I cloves and garlic in half an avocado. That's my snack. Boy, does it fill me up. That sounds great. It, it's tuna delicious. Tuna salad in an avocado. It's delicious. Or I have a beef stick when I'm more on the go. I'll take one clementine, a beef stick, and a handful of nuts. Perfect. And I love this idea. This was your idea, Dar. Meatball with veggies and olives. I do that every day almost. Delicious. Give it a try. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. 
You know, if you or a friend has fibromyalgia, tune in next week as Cara and I look at the nutritional connection to muscle pain and fatigue. And I also want to let people live that people know that are living in that Maple Grove area that we are pleased that we're opening a center in Maple Grove. If everything goes all right, you know, we'll be open by May 1st. And we're going to be doing counseling classes. And, of course, we'll have our supplements there. And we're really excited. We have to get through all the all the red tape and all yes. that stuff. And um, we're hoping that office will be a lot closer to a lot of people yes. living out that and there in that direction so you don't have to drive so far. And we're actually setting up appointments already. So oh, that's fantastic. People can call 651-699-3438 and set up an appointment. And should we take a caller that's yes, been let's waiting? Yes, do that. Okay. That's great. Josie, you're on with Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. Hi, thanks for taking my call. So um, I know that I have, I would say that I'm definitely addicted to carbs and sugars, and um, I've been told that I was recently gluten intolerant. So I'm really trying to um, cut back because I know besides just midsection waking, I'm having some other kind of negative um, results of eating all the carbs, and I sad to say it's a huge part of my diet. Um, but my question is, is so I started really cutting back. I didn't cut out gluten and carbs completely, but really cut back, and I'm finding it's really stressful on me. And I and I think my body too, and maybe that's just part of um, kind of I don't know if like detoxing is the right word, but I'm having like headaches every day and just kind of stressed about it. And I just wonder if you could help. You know, kind of give some suggestions when you're kind of trying to wean yourself off and just some great maybe tips on, you know, I mean, are the headaches normal? Are they going to go away? And something like that. You know, honestly, I would say make an appointment and see one of the nutritionists because I think this is what you were talking about before, yeah. Nell, is for a long time you were trying to piece together things mm-hmm. and you don't have to feel that way. Right. Uh, you, can, you can, you can, so... I came to learn the value of expertise and and in helping me figure this problem out and it really it, it's like it's like someone to connect help you connect the dots of x is happening why is that happening and it's an ongoing process so it it really you'll in a very in a 2 hour appointment you'll learn more about what your specific issues are and what's causing your specific issues than you will trying to digest all of the information on the internet <laughs> about nutrition and all of the information in magazines and on Oprah and all of these different shows <laughs> Oprah's <laughs> not a nutritionist no it'll save you time and energy in the long run and you'll be you'll be put on a path that will really help you because yeah there is a certain amount of I, I was on a on a on a, a supplement called Crave Control for almost a year because my cravings were so my my body just wasn't wasn't able to just do it with just food, uh, so I I needed extra support and I wouldn't well, have I mean, known that. It has gotten worse that craving for that you know the cookies and stuff because since I've cut out those things too and it, I've only been doing it for a week and it's just getting so bad I think about it and like you yep. mentioned that you, know, you think about that stuff you know, all the time yeah <laughs> but it's it's I think it's the question of what are you adding back into your diet so wh- what are you doing to support um, to support that 
that ongoing health is is the important key. So yeah, you can cut everything you want out, but if you're not eating really good food properly for you know six times a day, that's a lot of food going in your body and a lot of opportunities to get it wrong or right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, um, then then you're going to feel kind of not good. I think a lot of people are not eating enough when they cut out some of these processed mm-hmm. foods, mm-hmm. and of course you're going to have cravings and mm-hmm. headaches and all those things. Absolutely. So, okay. Well, you know, thank you very much. Just You're call welcome. up and make an appointment, and uh, I think you'll you'll it'll be a great solution. It'll for you. it'll be the start of changing your life for sure. It was for me. So. Yep. So thank you for the call today. Thank you. So you know now when my mother was raising her family, she actually maintained a normal weight. You know, she was rather slim compared to standards today. But something happened. Uh oh. She started reading nutritional articles. These soundbite information. Yes. <laughs> and she started to believe that butter wasn't good for her. Oh no. And that eggs and I know she heard this from her doctor. Yeah. Eggs are gonna raise her cholesterol. So guess what? She slowly switched her diet to dry toast and cereal for breakfast, no fat, maybe a little jelly. Oh, goodness. I bet I know what happened. Did she start gaining weight? Yeah, not only did she gain weight, but her blood sugars started to go up rather fast. She actually became a type 2 diabetic. Oh, no. And she had the same cardiovascular health problems her father had, strokes and heart disease. And she didn't have any of these problems before? No, she did not. When she was eating butter and and good fats. So maybe this weight gain problem has happened also in your family. Absolutely. You know, people in the 60s and 70s, like you said, this is what happened to you, started reducing fat, and they followed the food pyramid eating 9 to 11 servings of grains. And I am sure that is what my mom was looking at when she said, well, we we don't eat sugar cereal in our house, but you can, raisin bran is okay, or shredded wheat is okay. And, and when you think about... Well, why wouldn't that be okay? Because that's that doesn't have added sugar, does it? Well, it's all of those grains that we've been told to eat. I, I even hear people say 12 servings of grains a day. That, that, that information is deadly for obese people because that's how I got fat in the first place was whole grain cereals, n- nutrient-fortified whole grain cereals mm-hmm. is how I got fat all those years ago. And there's a ago. very popular person on TV that's still saying, eat your whole grains. Is Dr. Oz. Is Dr. Oz, yep. yes. So look out. Uh, so, so that is, again, the importance of not relying on sound bites or magazine articles for your nutrition information. That's what I did for 25 years. Please learn from my story that that doesn't work. 30 years ago, nutritionists established the fact that wheat bread increases the blood sugar more profoundly than table sugar. Wow. 30 years ago. Yeah, 30 years ago. I didn't know that till this morning when I read this. (laughs) Sugar has a glycemic index of 59, while whole wheat bread has a glycemic index of 72. Wheat products, bread, muffins, sugar, cookies spike our blood sugar more than the sugar that your dad was adding to his coffee every morning. Yes. (laughs) Who would think that two slices of toast was the leading cause of, of your mother's high blood sugars? And she had the genetics that made her predisposed to insulin resistance. Yeah, changing from eggs and bacon, she slit, slit, uh, She started eating toast. Yeah. Dry toast. 
dry so, toast. Can you imagine how dreadful, number one, that tasted <laughs> yeah. without the butter? <laughs> so it helps to understand it is sugar and insulin that makes us fat. It is the bread or other flour products that is making families fat. Just think of fast food. It's the buns, the french fries, the yeah. juice, or the pop. All the foods that increase blood sugars. Or some mothers cook out of boxes. Kraft yep. macaroni and cheese is a perfect example. Did you know, now, Kraft last year generated over $48 billion in revenue. That's so sad. <laughs> That's a lot of mac and cheese. That's a lot of mac and cheese going into a lot of kids and a lot of families. So... When we used to eat food, it, we ate a lot of that box foods. Hamburger Helper was a staple, um, just lots of processed carbs. And now I eat things, I make things like chicken wild rice, ca turkey wild rice casserole, which is delicious. And my son will eat it, you know, accompanied with a beautiful side salad or some fresh veg. And, and that's our meal. And everyone walks away from the table feeling satisfied and, and, and like they've eaten a healthful, satisfying meal. Or one of the things that I make probably every week is a big batch of chili. Yes. The beans are great because they stabilize your blood sugar. They're not too high. And lots of meat in it. Lots of meat. Throw in some black olives. Perfect kind of blood sugar balancing. Quick meal. Yep. Throw a couple of cups in your lunch you know, bag, and there you are. You've yep. got a nice... And it's Healthy. a snack. It can be breakfast. So th start thinking outside the box <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> your breakfast and, and that kind of and those kind of meals and snacks. It can be chilly and it's delicious. So Nell, thanks for being on the show today. You're such an inspiration to everyone. Thank you, Dar. It was so much fun. I always enjoy talking to you about nutrition. Thank you. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.